are listening to Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. A level-headed movie critic meets a loudmouth movie cynic. And action! All right, welcome back to the show. My name is Kyle. This is James. And today, James, what are we doing? The Babadook. Babadook. Duke. Duke. Whoa. Who the fuck was that? I heard a Babadook. Yay, we have guests. Oh my God, I'm so excited. For the first time. Yes. Talk about them all the time. My wonderful sister, Hallie, and her husband, my wonderful brother-in-law, Chris, are here. Yay. All right. Hallie and Chris. (laughs) Newly transplanted to California. Welcome to the podcast studio. All right. How does it feel? You've listened to episodes before, right? TBH did not realize this was happening in your living room most of the time. <laughs> well, most of the time it happened someplace else until now it happened in the living room. Because this is normally where I sleep yes. when I stay here. This is your bed right here, yes. Yeah, this is this has happened many places, but this is relatively new. So welcome. Thanks. So so full disclosure, Hallie and Chris just got off a plane. Yeah. Yep. Yes. And how does it feel? Feels good. Pretty tired. <laughs> Which is the perfect time to talk about the Babadook. <laughs> Excellent. When else will we talk about it? So first of all, James, you have a segment on the show that you would uh, like right. to start with our new guest. So what do you call that segment again? Why the hell should we listen to you? So let's start. Hallie, why the hell should we listen to you? Um, Who are you? Yeah. What are you? <laughs> Why are you? There you go. Who am I? Hallie, Kyle's older, far more amazing sister. Wiser, oh. for sure. Um, what am I? <laughs> <laughs> I am a medical doctor. Booyah. Yeah. Why should you listen to me again? Kyle's older, <laughs> wiser sister. She <laughs> saw movies before I was alive, maybe. maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. Or but. at least probably more than me at this point. You've had more years to see movies. Sure. Yes. Well, welcome. Thanks for being here. Chris. Sisto. And I am Chris. Uh, husband, Chris. <laughs> uh, where do I come from? Ohio. <laughs> where lots of great people come from. And why, why should you listen to me? I don't know. No one ever listens. This is kind of new for me. I don't All really right. have a reason. <laughs> well, Chris, doctor of laws, <laughs> we can listen to you about many a thing. Um, but you like movies, right? Oh, I love movies. Great. Excellent. Awesome. So we're going to go more in-depth with both of you, and we're going to have you run uh, something called The Gauntlet later on. But today, we're talking Duke. Yeah. So, the Babadook. Hallie, mm-hmm. you're not too big on scary movies, right? I mean, you just have to put up with my night terrors afterwards. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but, uh, Chris, but I will subject myself to them. Okay. Chris, how are you in scary movies? Oh, I love them. You love them? Love them. Love them to death. They usually fail to scare me, and that's not just an exaggeration. Uh, only a couple movies have really gotten me, so I kind of look forward to going to the movie theater. It's like, is this going to be the one that scares the shit out of me? But sadly, it's, uh, it's never the case. I don't know if that's going to come up later, so just right now, what's the scariest movie you can think of? Oh. It's a really stupid one. The last movie that truly scared me was Jeepers Creepers, which was a terrible movie. Oh, Jesus. Right. A terrible movie, but man, it got me. 14-year-old me was really scared. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, fourteen year old me could not deal with the grudge in that girl's jaw fucking hanging off her face. That was no good. I wasn't liking that. Anyway, you wanna hear the grudge sound? Have I done the grudge sound on the podcast before? I don't think so. I wonder if I can do it while I'm sick. There it is. All right. That's the grudge sound. Very good. <laughs> this is what we do. Welcome to the show. Okay. Welcome to the living room. Yes, the gentlemen. living room show. So, James Babadook, how did you? You're not the type of guy that I would expect to just see the Babadook out of the blue. So, how did you see it? All right, I saw it because uh, a fan of the podcast, Karen. Karen. Shout out to Karen. Shout Hi, Karen. Out. She recommended to Loud on the Set next time we do Halloween episodes to, to review the Babadook. I said, I haven't seen it. And I think we, it was name dropped during our fast forward episode. And I was like, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen yeah, it. You got Because I had seen it. Yeah. And I said, all right, let me try to see it. I saw it with my brother during Halloween. I told that story about how my brother ejected his daughter from the living from the room <laughs> when the mother started. I mean, Kyle doesn't like this phrase, but like in the beat. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what happens, Chris, Hallie, or yeah. you? No, yeah. I do. When the mother is really lonely, what she does yeah. to overcome her of loneliness. All right, well, my brother made the parental decision to not expose his, like, 13-year-old at the time daughter to that. It was like, all right, go to bed. You know? <laughs> we so, live in soft times. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh. Who should we do? Should we get into the plot summary? Yeah. So you saw it with your brother, yeah. and just kind of off the cuff, somebody recommended it yeah. to you. I saw it because it popped up on a list of like scary but like good movies, yeah. and I had wanted to see a good scary movie for a while. And Kira loves scary good movies. Oh. Um, so that was one that we saw together, and I loved it. What about you two? How did you see it, and did you see it together? Um, I watched it in my living room with all the lights on because you wouldn't <laughs> stop talking about it. <laughs> and on our like wall mounted early 2000s weird TV <laughs> it is over a fireplace it, in fairness yeah. yes and then Chris your experience of the Babadook uh, so I didn't I passively watched Babadook uh, <laughs> I was actually playing Sid Meier's Civilization 6 um, <laughs> what the hell is that so, Sid Meier's uh, Civilization 6 for those aren't, who aren't familiar it's uh, kind of like a board game uh <laughs> On a computer, if that makes it. it's like Risk. It's, it's really right. advanced. A risk board game it. makes it sound way more casual than yeah, you actually it, take it. Oh, it's serious. So while so. you were world dominating in the cybersphere, the Babadook was happening in the room mm-hmm. around you. Well, to offer you some perspective, I think I was Australia, and uh, <laughs> my friend I think was playing as China. But anyway, we were uh, playing on the hardest difficulty, and we were trying that to take over. This does have to do with anything. <laughs> this is important. No, this is important. This comes back to the All movie. Right. I promise. I promise. <laughs> So, we built the greatest fleet known to mankind because it was a, a very ocean-heavy map. You kind of go around the world. It's not necessarily indicative of what the real world looks like. Uh-huh. So, anyway, we built Unless the world's greatest... world. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Sorry. That would have been a better movie to watch during yeah. it. But, so, we built the world's greatest fleet, and Hallie was in the chair, occasionally screaming or, like, curling up in the chair. At so, the it startled you. Startled her. I had all the lights on. <laughs> but I think had Hallie been playing Sid Meier's Civilization Six, she wouldn't have been as scared because honestly, the problems of the movie seem small. Like we're sailing across the ocean, the fate of the world is in the hands of two fleets, China and Australia, to stop, you know, the world evil. And I turn around and there's like a little boy scared in a car in a station wagon screaming. It just seems 
the problems really felt small. So I don't know if that's a lesson for watching scary movies. Wow. Or if this is the flaw with the Babadook. But Great analysis. Maybe we need to show him the... Uh, the fucking trailer for Justice League. Like, uh, the world is at risk. Yeah, I won't watch any. No? Nothing with the event. Nothing, no. <laughs> All right. Anyway. <laughs> Can't just, do it. It was really bad. It's bad. <laughs> so, yeah. Just so, there we are. We caught up. So, All the right, Duke. Uh, for those that don't know, we like to have our guests do, like, a crash smash, like, short summary of the movie as short as you can go so how would you sum up the babadook oh god what okay. happens yeah. what happens in the babadook just a quick plot summary spoiler alert i was gonna it. say we need spoiler yes. alerting <laughs> yes um so see it it's good so what i'm thinking happened is there's <laughs> through your fingers through my fingers <laughs> occasionally is there's this mom and her young son that are living together Mom has had issues for a long time. Young son seems to have, like... Dad died, right? Yeah, dad's gone. Died in a car accident. Kid seems to have some, like, emotional disturbance, like, outbursts occasionally at school. Not really able to control what's going on with him often. Mom seems to have a lot of survivor's guilt. And uh, her son wants to read before bed one night. Um... And he has a really hard time falling asleep often. So they're <laughs> reading a story that mom's never seen before. And it just showed up. This freaky ass <laughs> line drawing story about the Babadook. I this, love the art in that book. It's amazing. It's, it's totally good. creepy, but it's amazing. Super but creepy. it's just about this like terrifying like black specter that the, the it starts out like relatively innocently when they're reading the book and then it gets more and more creepy like mm-hmm. you can't get rid of the bob duke the bob duke's gonna kill you like yeah those sorts of things so the mom flips out and she's like what is this stupid book get rid of this my kid already has enough problems no more um and then a whole series of weird events starts happening. Weird shit happens. Including the book coming back in its like full unadulterated form again, mm-hmm. even after she's like destroyed it and thrown it in the trash can. And then all sorts of bizarre disturbances at nighttime. So moral of the story is the quote unquote Bob Duke ends up. And mom's doing weird shit too. Yeah. She's acting all crazy. She's kid is all scared and he's acting all weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're and they're freaking out and she starts to realize like the kid's not freaking out for no reason there's something happening um Babadook eventually shows up shit goes down Babadook gets relegated to basement <laughs> end movie I guess <laughs> there's like a oh, lot a lot of plot that happens in there in terms of yeah. their like psychic disturbances <laughs> in and out of huh. uh, like the, it, Chris is like that's not what I imagined well, at it's, all it's funny because <laughs> I probably well, I don't know if you have the runtime in front of you there what the movie was but I probably watched maybe five minutes of screen time and I gathered all of that get the, the hell out of oh, here no 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 not the greater plot lines <laughs> But uh, in the five minutes I watched, it was uh, boy and mom screaming in bed, boy and mom screaming in car, policemen show up, they go to the basement. Mom threatening to stab son. Yeah. I did see the threat, and then problems are resolved, end of the movie. Yeah, it ends abruptly, and you have a lot to say about the ravel at the end, right? Poor ravel. Poor ravel at the end. Poor ravel. It's pretty pretty steep. Because my thing is this. The fucking Babadook, spoiler alert, (laughs) is just, it's symbolic of her inner torment right? right her mental state and so my thing is once that becomes clear in the movie that oh it's a figment of her imagination 
And by the way, I'm probably stealing this from some other comedian, but are there any other figments? <laughs> it's one of those words that's only used in conjunction with imagination. imagination kind of like right? ominous. It's always clouds are always ominous. That There's... is inherently interesting, DJs. <laughs> it's like anyway, being... I apologize to whoever I'm ripping that off from, but there's never figments of like apples. No. Well, there's, right? a, there's a brand opening there for fig mint. <laughs> candy or a cookie, and then you're. Oh, we're gonna have to edit yeah, that out. Somebody's gonna steal yeah. a really bad idea right now. But it's, but it's like you oh, can't. Disgusting. No one's ever gruntled, but everybody's always disgruntled. disgruntled we have these yeah. strange words like that. Right? right. There's only gruntled. one setting. Being reckless can cause a wreck, even though a minute ago mm. you were reckless. Punning wow. out. Of funny out of control. Oh, it's right right now. Anyway, back to the Babadook. This movie was Australian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, who fucking cares? <laughs> no, I care because I, care. I didn't get a chance to make my point. Because Australian movies are dark and depressing as shit, and they're always really character focused, right. and it seems like nothing happens in them. Even Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> that doesn't count. Anyway, make your Kangaroo point. Jack. <laughs> Shout out to Chris. Um, all right. So my thing is this. You figure out, well, you don't figure out, they, they lead you to believe and, and to know that it's the mom's inner turmoil is the Babadook. It's the thing that scares the kid. It's the problem, right? It's the, the, the villain, the enemy, the bad guy, whatever you want to call it. And then the ending just gets so overblown. There's like a vortex. She's fucking throwing up shit all over the place. That was and then, weird. And then, all right, so the, the ending, the end scene, the, the final battle, if you will. There shouldn't be a final battle. You know, it should just be a, a self-confrontation. Yeah, with his you... little like home alone traps that he makes. Yeah, and shit. remember that? Like, <laughs> yeah, like it. It, it was. It kind of like it follows. It starts. Uh-huh. It's a classic unraveling. Like you have something really good, a psychological horror thriller, and you don't know how to pivot. You don't know how to hit the climax and then get to the resolution. So you wind up doing something goofy, like having the kids do a training montage right around the pool, mm. or in the case of the Babadook, having the kid run its mother through the fucking house booby trap <laughs> home alone style, right? So that was stupid. The throw-up scene was stupid. And the fact that the Babadook still kind of manifests itself at the end and she has to feed it worms. You don't have to do that anymore. Like, you've gone from the materialistic, the actual, like, tangible shit that they thought was happening around them to the metaphorical in that it's a mental, a, a, an illness. So you don't need a can of worms right. at the end. I did <laughs> like the worms. Why? And I will tell I, I did you too. why. I like the worms because it was very symbolic of what she was going to have to do and carry with her for the rest of her life was that this mm-hmm. evil was going to be there and she was going to have to address it and was going to have to give it its due and it was going to be ever present in her life so the worms kind of symbolized the shit that she was going to have to feed it and deal with over her you know the rest of her life as so, somebody who does worm composting i was offended <laughs> <laughs> kidding fucking kidding <laughs> So anyway, where did this rank on the scare-o-meter for you? Because there were a couple of jump scares, but it was mostly just kind of unsettling the whole yeah. time. Yeah, ge- I mean, generally... <laughs> Dang! Sorry, sorry. That was That's a our bell for our game show. <laughs> <That's dumb. laughs> where the hell did that come from? All right, good. So generally, not super scary. I mean, again, it's not jumpy. This is a psychological thriller. You could you could really break it down and just analyze that it's a psychological torment for all the different characters. We're and the, the same person. I what is this voice? I'm like picking this up right now. Over the whole movie. <laughs> but, um... So, yeah, it wasn't really too scary. I just don't do teeth well. Like, if you've got freaky... Teeth. If you've got freaky, pointy teeth... <laughs> And you are a humanoid character. I do not handle that well. Reference recent It Clown. 
terrifying. Why Did do you, you see the it? Not yet. Okay. Why do you have xenomorph teeth, though? Yeah. I don't want that. Get away from me. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's you know, I, I'm, I'm going to piggyback on what you just said. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, no reaction? All right. Wait, you, you heard it too it. many times. <laughs> All right, we got to get some new lexicon. Um, a, a fun movie, not in terms of the jump scares, but in terms of the if you're sitting next to somebody, like, hold on to each other, like, like suffer through yeah. scenes mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. But that's Much why like It Follows, too, mm-hmm. which yeah. you should probably never see. It. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was crazy. Or, like, the Tombs episodes in the X-Files. Yes. Yeah. Similarly, uh-huh. granted, that was a little more jumpy. Definitely psychologically, like... There were some really good X-Files episodes that did very similar things to this because they were very character-centric. They Mm -hmm. wanted to introduce you to somebody who seemed like normal that existed in the world and then their life was just totally fucking crazy or Mm -hmm. outlandish. And that's the the good writing that came from that. The tombs. So I guess if I could turn back to digital geopolitics (laughs) for a moment. (laughs) I'm seeing a lot of parallels here because, again, (laughs) as I was playing the game, I was John Curtin of Australia... And I would recommend everybody watch this movie and play Civilization and then digest it with a podcast because okay. I've, I've learned a lot. You said it was kind of a hollow ending to the movie and it was a hollow ending to our game. Uh, we ended up winning with nuclear warfare, which was a very hollow feeling way oh, to win yes, the game. Man. And I also questioned the world in the same way you're questioning the world after the end of this movie. So again, just something I'd recommend definitely open up my perspective. Your contribution to this is nothing short of extraordinary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where would we be without this? I'm very happy about this. All right, this Kyle, Kyle Halley, I'm, I'm going to address you too because uh, Chris didn't fucking watch the thing. So <laughs> what did you I, think of the look of the Duke though? You know what it looks like. I didn't. You didn't? Did, and you know, it's almost better that way. Yeah. All right, here's the, here's the thing I was going to say as I eat. Fucking help me out here. Mm-hmm. There's a scene in the movie. I don't want to call it a huge plot hole, so here we go. New lexicon again. Tiny fucking pedo plot hole. <laughs> the Babadook, right? The Babadook. What? You lost a goldfish. What happened? Ew. Oh, my God. What a disgusting individual I am. <laughs> All right. a can of worms. <laughs> These are the things you can't enjoy, listeners. Sorry. Let me, yeah. let me, let me set <laughs> this up for you. This is excellent radio. The, the, Babadook, the Babadook is meant to be a manifestation somehow of the mom's nut jobbery, right? Sorry. <laughs> yes. That's a psychiatric doctor. No, that's a clinical term. <laughs> clinical term. Right? But here's the nut thing. Nut jobbery, for sure. There's, there's a scene in the movie, and that makes sense for the most part in the movie, right? Nighttime stuff happening, objects reappearing in the house that had been discarded, yada yada. All right, it makes sense. You could imagine that the mom would would you know be flipping out and doing those things, right? But there's a scene in the movie where that is not aligned, and that's when they're in the car. Do you remember this? The yeah, mom's driving, and they're coming back from some place. I don't even know where. School, I think. Yeah, and the kid has been acting a little bit weird. Fine, but he starts acting weird in the back seat of the car. Mm-hmm. All right, and he starts claiming that he can see. I think. Help me out here. Mm-hmm. The Babadook, ah, he's freaking out. He's yep. screaming. He's doing shit. Yep. And the mom is like, calm down. What's wrong? It's here. It's here. Nah, nah, nah. And she has to pull over and do all sorts of crazy shit and whatnot. All right. That doesn't make sense because we, the audience sees both of the characters in the scene. The mother and the kid. The mother is not flipping out. The kid is claiming to see the Babadook. So I don't like that scene because you're trying to figure out what is this entity? What is this Babadook the whole time? And... 
if you're sharp and on top of things, you might start to think, oh, I think it is the mom. I think it's her disturbed state manifesting itself and scaring the kid. Yeah, yeah. But when the scary thing happens, when the mom is being totally fine and sane and also confused about the situation, that's not consistent. But mm-hmm. she's in the car. Doesn't matter. Right. That's. I mean, the the car's like her trigger. But if that's I can, I if I can interject. Oh, all right. Because that's the car crash. The car crash kills. Her, so it's yeah. just like if she's but, in the car, that's just something that she's probably. In but in that moment, about. as third party observers yeah. at the fourth wall, yeah. shouldn't we have seen her acting disturbed? Yeah. But nobody sees her acting disturbed at that point. Not the kid, and not us, and she's not acting disturbed. So the Babadook is just there. It's tricky. Yeah. I will throw two points in there. Right, okay. One. Okay. So she's in the car, uh-huh. which is going to be one of her main triggers for this trauma she experienced. She has survivor's guilt because her husband died. They, like, allude to the fact all throughout the movie that she's also kind of... Like, she expresses that she is unhappy that her son lived and her husband didn't also in different ways, which, even though that's a dark and scary kind of feeling to have, they do explain that, and I'm sure that's pretty normal on the spectrum of like human reactions to stuff um so she's in the car and she's so she's got now the symbol of she's got her own survivor's guilt she's got the the living symbol of her husband being dead and this other person who's not like you know an an emotionally mature like mate for her it's her kid that she's responsible for and it's causing her all the stress fuck But right? then, God, what a hideous looking goofball. But second point. So here's where I, I from like, from a kid perspective. County back. This is where I'm thinking. So like you said, the Babadook appears when the mom's like emotionally distressed, mm-hmm. right? But also I have to wonder if by that point in the story, after the kid has seen like the Babadook book and stuff, you're getting a little bit of combination of like, the kid reacting to the mom's stress and back and forth, but also now he's seen this like weird, creepy character in this book. I couldn't even read the little old lady who swallowed the fly. Like <laughs> literally, I probably still can't without feeling wildly uncomfortable. Like kids like latch on to characters in stories, mm-hmm. especially if they're visual like creepy drawings and stuff and that you know they can like play with that in terms of I was thinking okay. of that too imaginary and, and friends clearly, or like illusions and right. stuff like that clearly the kid is also I mean feeling disturbed and this yeah. affected him in a big way so I think it's that mm-hmm. like the hive mind mentality of them kind of living in the depression mm-hmm. and the horror together and for the mom it's much more realized just because she has a, a bigger yeah. worldview and a more developed understanding of what happened and for the kid it's more just kind of whimsically out mm-hmm. there beyond kid reach but some things are kind of seeding in and are feeding that it's cloud kind of like an enmeshed like there it's uh, like a two-person delusion almost because they're so enmeshed in each other's lives and like the kid's emotionally disturbed which stresses the mom out mom already has her own like mental health issues to grapple with at baseline and then the additional stress of her kid having his own problems so they're like constantly living in this turmoil together coming from both sides and everything else so how does that sound to you chris indeed (laughs) (laughs) i i got something else yes for your consideration and that is i want to return to the ravel the Ravel. Poor the Ravel. Poor Ravel. Here's another reason why I didn't like The Ravel. <laughs> and that's this. They achieve a lot of the tension. They achieve a lot of the scare. They achieve a lot of the, ooh, the unease in the movie. 
with simple, low-budget special mm -hmm. effects, right? I think we can all appreciate that, mm -hmm. Definitely. right? Definitely. The end was not that at all, right? Suddenly, you have like Technicolor rainbow vortex things and whatnot. Yeah, and I like when a movie, like what M Night used to be able to do, used to be able to do, <laughs> and that is achieve scares with very minimal effort, right? Mm -hmm. You look at The Sixth Sense, you look at Signs, for example, right? Uh -huh. a, a simple like noise, like, oh my god, would freak out the whole theater, right? Yeah. And the Babadook was doing that for like eighty percent of this movie, mm -hmm. and then they they it turned into Home Alone. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised they honestly didn't, like, dress up a person and go to the extent of, like, putting them on stilts so they, like, walked weird and I were thought, tall yeah. and, like, added extra rows of weird pointy teeth. Mm -hmm. Like, they could have made up a person to do that very well, but I totally understand what you mean. When we had, like, the Vortex CGI and all that stuff happening, it went from, like normal stuff like your lights are flickering oh your arm was yes, shaking you. that's yep, creepy yep. Mm -hmm. to like now there's this like yeah you know alternate dimension ghostbusters type right. crap happening <laughs> in the bedroom and i think this goes back to one of the points that are there's some movies that do this so well and endings are just so hard mm -hmm. it's hard to wrap this up in a way that's satisfying without just ending it to the point where people are always like well that didn't even have an ending just watched a movie with kira the other day and i'm gonna forget what it was called but it uh it comes at night um and it was uh produced as a horror drama and it's basically about some post-apocalyptic uh area nobody knows what's going on everybody's kind of on their own and shit's all going to hell and it's super tense the whole time it's low no budget um, and the scares are the realities of the unknown. And sure. and when you get to the end of the movie, a bunch of shit happens and it unravels, but it unravels in a way that's very unsatisfying because of its realism, but is satisfying in its character development. And then it just feels like the movie ends because there's not like an overcoming. So whenever they try and do like the big overcoming of something like this, they always kind of inherently lose something from it because mm -hmm. it takes on an unrealistic approach. And then I guess sometimes they try and use symbolism and metaphor and things to kind of overblow it and build it up. What do you think? So I have to ask you, what's your opinion of the ultimate low-buck horror film with a simple ending, The Blair Witch Project? Ooh. I love it. Oh, they've talked okay. about this. Yeah. What up. do you think? Did you hate it? I didn't. I remember everyone hated it at the time, but I thought it was simple enough. It got the job done. I loved it. And we, yeah, I, would, we, yeah, I like we, the ending too. I, I would say I'll take an ending that leaves you in suspense as to what, what did just happen. And I, my, I know Kyle isn't like this, but where I can fill in the blanks and I can take the story to where my imagination takes it, like what happened at the end of Blair Witch. It just boom, right? It just ends. I do like that in some cases. Okay. You know when I don't like it. Yeah. It's when it's a clearly uncharacteristic, right. you know, just fall choice off. ending where there's, you know, something that needs to be decided and then it's just not inherently. Mm. That's when it sucks. So, inherently. Inherently. Jesus Christ, <laughs> I think you're up to like five. So I anyway. want to talk about this Ravel too, because right. the thing that, like, after hearing you, Kyle, talk endlessly about this movie, and then once it became like, Pride Month this year, you started to see all of that interesting imagery and like memes made linking the Babadook as like this gay pride hero. Really? Really? 
how did neither of you see this? It was all over the place in the media. They were, because the uh, whole, like, grand metaphor of, like, literally shoving the Babadook back down into the quote-unquote closet basement, but still down, like, hiding this monster. I back. should say, I was satisfied by the ending, by the way. Yeah. I didn't like the whole Home Alone bullshit, but I did like the ending. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm curious to know what your guys' perspective is on that, because... I'm still trying to process that, and it's a pretty, it's like, I understand the analogy we're working with here, but mm -hmm. it, it's a weird stretch to make, I think, that I'm still, like, not sure. What Maybe to, to... Like, on a very glib right. level, okay, whatever, it's another symbol, <laughs> but on a, you know... I don't want to speak for anybody who can speak for themselves, but... As we're talking about this, the Babadook stands for that inner turmoil, uh -huh. those those demons that are there and the challenges that they face and the hardships that they face. And LGBTQ community and folks in it have probably faced some extremely hard and challenging and uh -huh. Babadook-like things in their lives where, you know, I haven't had those experiences myself personally and I'm sure a lot of other people haven't. So maybe it's the type of thing where... That can be sort of a, a, a symbol of the like yeah. overcoming of those types of things. But and again, that part, like that base analogy, I totally yeah. understand. It's just odd to to like pull this monster from a horror-ish movie. Right. To I it's understand. really weird if you look. I mean, it's like kind of entertaining, honestly. If you look up all the meme pictures of like the Babadook with like rainbows. Do How do I put that in my search engine without coming across as totally weird and? <laughs> Babadook pride, Babadook gay. Yeah, I went, I went down. I went <laughs> down a gay question mark deep rabbit hole on this one. <laughs> you know when you type in anybody's name on the uh, like Google now, it's like the fourth thing down. It's like gay question mark. That's oh the society we live in now. Anyway, we're just about out of time here, so we always give a grade to the movies at the end. This one's uh, meaty and juicy, so let's put a grade on it. Chris, you can grade it too, but. We'll start with me, because I want to give it an A minus, because I didn't like the, the, there were some parts of it that just seemed kitsch, that didn't belong. Anyway. I think, for me, <laughs> uh, since I didn't actively watch the movie. James gave a grade to Wally, right? <laughs> and you saw like one second of it, so oh, well, you, you A plus one second of Wally's A plus. <laughs> oh, Jesus! <laughs> okay. oh, but you are outnumbered here in the animated department, my friend. I know. I know. Eat your face. <laughs> I think I either need to do the classic pass fail. Yes, pop pass quiz, fail. or maybe like the crocodile sticker, let's rainbow do, sticker, grading approach, pass fail. I give it a pass All because right. the five minutes I watched, I could follow it. I could cool. see what was you going on. You could also on. go for a lawyerly. It depends. It depends. Like, okay. <laughs> that was the right answer. <laughs> All right, lawyerly. It depends. Passing. So Allie. it's funny that you said a minus because I was like immediately gonna say, oh, probably a B plus because it was like engaging. I enjoyed it. Again, watched through my fingers at some points, but. Um, didn't like super duper captivate me the way I wanted it to. Like there are horror movies out there, even more psychologically focused horror movies that have like really sucked me in much more. Yeah. Like you and I have talked extensively about how maybe you should watch It Follows. Yeah. Because that's our oh, that's yeah. our standard. I recommend for... it. I recommend okay. it. Okay. Okay. So B plus. Yeah. Probably yeah. B plus. It Follows is great. All right, I'll give it a solid B. B for Babadook. I, I tell you what, I tell you what, it's it's 
<laughs> the the ending. I mean, here's the reason why I can't get any higher than a B for me, and I know I'm sort of beating this one over the head a little bit, but I was watching it with my brother and watching it with the Honey Baby. Shout out to the Honey Baby. Shout out to the Honey Baby. And by the end, and when he's running her through the booby traps and stuff, it caused us, the three of us together, to be like, all right. And you know when you reach that point in the movie where you like you throw your hands up and you're like, you've previously been sitting on the edge of your seat and like, oh yeah. my God. And then you're like, fuck it. And you, the checkout. You mm-hmm. start checking out. I was like, done. Yeah. Like, and that is I don't want to watch this movie anymore. And that's, so that's why it suffered. Like, you had gold and you fucked it up. And it is unfortunate, yeah. And we said that with It Follows as yep. well because... It, it, it is just it's so captivating in the, the tension that it was providing and then you want a little bit more meaty resolution to something instead of a little bit more well slapstick falling down the stairs push doink <laughs> so a slide whistle would have been yeah <laughs> yeah and with that <laughs> we're out of time Howie Chris thank you Arrived. for being here okay. yeah, welcome to California thank you um that was The Babadook. Live on the set with Kyle and James. You can check us out on YouTube and iTunes. Anywhere you find podcasts, we're there. Let us know what you thought of The Babadook. Live on the set at gmail.com. Send us a mail. Go see The Babadook if you haven't, and have a wonderful time. See you later. And cut.